Welcome to the Way Up North podcast. This is a podcast series where we're getting to know uh, some of the wedding photographers uh, who are presenting at Way Up North in Rome of 2017. My name is Jenny Hamar. I'm a Stockholm-based photographer who will host this round of conversations. And this here is a chat that I had with a very pregnant Anna Ambrosi, who is an Italian wedding photographer based in London. Uh, we talked about so many things, her total career change, um, how most wedding photographers have issues about our most precious resource, time, and finally, some do's and don'ts when visiting Italy. Good for all of you who are planning to attend the Way Up North conference in April in Rome. Enjoy! Hi! Hi! Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Oh my god, it's so dark here. Um, okay, well, I started the recording, so here we are. It's the podcast. Hi, <laughs> hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're, um, yeah, we've never met before, except I saw you um, in Stockholm here when you spoke at the Modern Museum, which was awesome. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but where are you now? Um, I'm in London. I'm living here at the moment. So I moved here around three years ago. So now I'm kind of living here as long as possible. Okay, but you're Italian? Yes, I am. Uh, um, I'm originally from Verona, which is a kind of small town close to Venice. And then I moved when I was around 18 years old to Milan and I stayed there for 10 years more or less. And then I moved here. So Okay. So is the Verona, is that Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. City, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much the perfect city to start for a wedding photographer, I would say. But oh, that's right. <laughs> but you never, but yeah. you don't shoot weddings there then normally? or No, actually not. That's pretty funny but I started when I was in my probably last year in Milan and I really just started and then and it got serious when I came here in London so yeah I never really worked in Verona actually. Okay so how long have you been working as a wedding photographer? Uh, this year I mean 2016 has been my fourth year in activity. That's crazy! <laughs> especially because uh i came from quite a different background i was used to be a business consultant before so it has been quite a change for me so what what happened how did the change come about well uh so this this is kind of a tricky one because um there was there was a friend of mine who was a photographer who once told me, uh, Anna, ha haven't you understood already that all the photographers uh, became a photographer because they have some kind of trauma in their lives uh, or some kind of issues they need to deal with? And actually, I think it's pretty much true because <laughs> the more I get to know other colleagues, the more I realize that a lot of us have, have some kind of... Uh, situation that made them kind of open their eyes or change their lives and get into a life that kind of suits their needs better so and I'm no exception so I also have my super sad <laughs> drama story behind this decision uh, 
I, well, business consultancy wasn't that bad, to be honest, because it was a great job, very well paid, and uh, it took me a really great deal of effort to get to have the, the degree and and the work, the job. But uh, I wasn't free at all eventually because, uh, I mean, I was used to think that maybe if I had the money to do whatever I wanted to, uh, I would have been completely free to do all the things that I wanted to. Yeah. But uh, it's actually not like that because when you get into that kind of system, uh, there are a lot of things that really don't allow you to be free at free. all. Yeah. So Yeah have the time uh you don't get to decide about your own time you always have to ask to someone else and what's worse you uh even if you work for a, a huge amount of hours per day it doesn't mean that you are actually doing the job in the most intelligent way you can do yeah. like isn't it's not that the quantity of the time you're working on something determines the quality of the job you're actually doing okay yeah and actually increases the feeling that you are kind of wasting your time because you could do it better if in less amount of time but yeah i would say uh, what happened to me is when my father died uh, in the hospital eight, eight years ago. It, it wasn't really a nice story overall. So uh, it was kind of complicated to get out of that thing because we have a trial on going on for that. And um, still, still today, so it's kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. But uh, I realized I was 24 at the time and I realized that the only thing that was really precious in my life was time which sounds pretty obvious (laughs) at this point like I mean everyone says that and it's crazy that we don't really get to realize that unless something very huge happens to us like we all keep on saying that but actually just just when you uh, realize it kind of physically you get to do something about that yeah this is why I basically decided to change my lifestyle more than my job. I mean, photography came pretty naturally, but I I would say it could have been maybe also something else. I just wanted really to take charge of my days and be free to to, to work, of course, but to to do what I wanted to when I wanted to. I interpret it as also having like where even the time where you're working is not just time that's not useful for something else, but also enjoyed time. I mean, like exactly. time that's worth it. Yeah, um, it's more about the quality. I mean, we're we're gonna spend a great deal of time working in our lives, right? So yeah, uh, I it's not that. I, I'm not the kind of person that thinks, okay, I just want to do my uh, eight hours per day job and then coming back home and uh, uh, close everything else out. Uh, I feel, and plus my my family has always had uh, quite a respect for for working, for jobs. They, they, they always uh, thought that working was a way to realize yourself as well as a person. Okay. And I totally agree on that. And so mm, 
I wanted to, I mean, that my daily agenda may make sense somehow to myself, to feel that I was doing something right for me. And I I wouldn't push it too meaningful because like sometimes I feel like in our industry, we we tend to overload what what we do in a way so I wouldn't say like meaningful for mankind or those kind of stuff but anyway uh something that made sense with me but at least but I mean I don't think it's wrong to say meaningful it's first of all it's meaningful to you obviously because you you're so aware of how you're spending your time and that it's supposed to be you know not just putting in the hours or whatever but I mean the work the photos that you create are so meaningful for the people you create them for I mean and we know this because we know that you know I mean obviously kind of the worst case is that somebody does pass away and you know you have those photos left but also to just capture those moments that in in a wedding sense I can imagine you you know, when you're married for a long time, to see those photos can also be very meaningful. Yeah, no, if definitely. Good and bad times. Um, yeah. So there's so uh, much. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to add something about this thing because uh, it's something that I'm thinking a lot these months. And I have the feeling that uh, as an industry, we, in the last few years maybe, we have talked a lot about this. Um, I don't want to, I mean, the, these dying issues, like, uh, we, we tend to connect the value of what we do uh, with the, the, the fact that we are going to die sooner or later. And so, or someone in the picture is going to die sooner or later, mm-hmm. um, which is, of course, true. I mean, the, the value of a photography comes directly from the memory it keeps so it it's it's something that is actually connected but it's i feel that sometimes concentrating on that issue specifically makes things a bit too simple because there are so many things between and so many other meanings between the wedding pictures and the I, the huge memory issue when someone passes away. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a very easy way to understand why something is important, but sometimes I feel like we uh, risk to make it a bit flat. I don't know how to, how to express that. I mean, tell me more. I'm, I'm super interested. Well, I, I, I don't... I mean, it's a bit, it's a kind of a complicated uh, issue, probably, because of course, uh, reminding ourselves that um, our life is kind of going to end sooner or later is a super easy and clear way to understand why our job is so important. But I also feel that sometimes keep on talking about that is. Uh, leaving any other uh, maybe more dedicated shadows outside the discussion because everything, of course, tends to lose value 
or to get another um, overwhelming value connected to the fact that we all are going to die. And I feel that's, and again, I'm telling this considering that I've been through something like that. So, uh, and I decided to change my job and my whole life based on that. So I, uh, I feel why it's important to talk about that. But I also feel like in the last few years, we have talked a lot about that. Um, uh, it's not that, I mean, I, I get the point, but I think we should also start to give value to all the other things that are in between uh, without constantly reminding us that uh, they are important because we are all gonna die or someone is going to die in a way i mean i know it's kind of simplistic to talk like that uh and again i'm sorry because of course i'm not mother tongue english mother tongue and in italian i will be probably way more precise but um really uh there's nothing wrong in the desire of our grandmas to have a proper family picture or uh, to have like the normal pictures just because they want to have it just because it's nice to have the feeling that our family is uh, um, taking some step ahead that there are probably children going to be born in in the next years or I mean uh, or just because I don't know they they put a, a great deal of effort in choosing the location or the settings and they just want to celebrate it. I mean, there's there are a lot of things in life that are not directly connected to the fact that we are going to die. And I feel like wedding photographer, we also need to remember about that because we are doing something important we are not saving lives on the other hand so right we're not saving uh, so and you mean like don't you think that it's something that we say to give our work meaning though I mean that it's like I wonder I just speaking from my own experience mm-hmm. if I think about the fact that I'm not saving lives in you know I'm not um, volunteering in Africa or whatever things that I probably <laughs> should yeah. be doing. No, but at least it gives some meaning to think that I'm I'm bringing some sort of um, heirloom, or, you know, the, those words yeah. that are used, but like some something that you know that people are cherishing and loving. Um, yeah, yeah. No, without no, without like... making it seem like you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's like I'm a lifesaver, but just that it's something that maybe we tell ourselves to make it feel more important. <laughs> no, 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 I totally agree. And I feel it's important to keep like this feeling with us because it also, it's it's what allow us to be respectful uh, towards our clients because mm-hmm. uh, we do a very... Um, a repetitive job so it's easy for us to kind of forget the import the single importance of the single event mm. for our clients or i mean it, it can be easy to just think oh god another wedding but it's not another wedding for our clients it's always uh, once in a lifetime experience so this is absolutely important what i'm saying is just i feel that we um 
as as an in, again just talking as an industry we have researched a lot about this specific aspect of our jobs lately mm-hmm. and we i feel uh, or at least i would love to see more research on uh, other aspects as well because it's not that if you dedicate your uh, exp- your professional experience to some other aspects of, of wedding photography, you are not giving meaning to your job. It's just, just you're um, exploring another meaning. Like, uh, for example, I really love uh, last, The Last Way Up North. Uh, Kirsten Marie Parker, she did that to, to me. It was really outstanding speech because she was very deep into something that to me was incredibly meaningful and incredibly respectful toward the clients and it was like a true deep uh, work of research towards them and, and what about it did you can you talk specifically about what she said that you yeah she liked? was talking about uh, the way she tries to connect with her clients uh, trying to give them what they naturally need based on their behavior or their uh, attitude basically and she I mean the impression I got is that she really studies on yeah on them and she and she researches actively in order to give them a better service in this uh, this way and I think it was a very very deep discussion into the way we can um, improve ourselves in order to give our clients a meaningful job to deliver them something that's really professional and important and meaningful and she did all of this without necessarily stressing the fact that uh, yeah sometimes in some situation you face uh, uh, I mean, big life issues like um, people dying again or this kind of stuff. Um, uh, yes, I, I really appreciated that kind of uh, angle that she had yeah. there. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. I agree, that was very interesting. And she was talking about being able to also make it that day easier for the, the couple. Exactly. By knowing yeah. them, like pulling them away from situations to have some time to just kind of land and breathe. <laughs> yeah, to, just... to the ones that, that they need that yeah. or like she, she was, I mean, it was very inspiring to me, actually. And I think it gave me to think a lot after the speech and the way I connect to my clients and uh, I think that these kind of speeches, this kind of uh, um, research is really what we, we could be doing in the next few years because we, I kind of feel like we got, we do an important job. We got that. What, yeah. yeah, so it's like an got industry that. trend like, yeah. <laughs> to say like what we're doing is creating heirlooms. Okay, now we've done that. So and, Yeah, and uh, I mean really it's like not... Basta. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not against anyone really because I, I'm the first one like uh, my whole branding and I'm I really really into this hair room uh, and heritage things so I'm 
totally on the same page with that. But I, <laughs> that's probably why I'm kind of starting to look for something else because I want to 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 go further in a way. Yeah. But um, speaking of heirloom and heritage, it has come to my attention that <laughs> you are in the in the works of creating another generation. Yeah. Yes. I am. <laughs> Tell me about your life situation. You you're just showing me your face right now. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. No. You you want to see the bump? Yes. Well, wow. It's big bump. Seven, seven months pregnant. Yeah, and something. Yeah, I, I kind of lost the count. For I realized for two months, I said to everyone, "Yeah, I'm five five months pregnant," and then I suddenly realized, "Oh gosh, I'm seven. So <laughs> I've missed all six months. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, congratulations! Thank you. There's been well, uh, I travel quite a lot for work. Like I will say. 98% of my weddings are abroad. Oh, wow. So uh, this season, uh, I traveled really a lot with my tiny one. <laughs> um, wow. So he or she has been... He, he, he has, has been... He is a boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Italian son to an Italian mother. Yeah. Oh, what's this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you more. He's gonna be with us uh, in Rome next April because he's gonna be like uh, one month old or something. So can I hold him then? Of course, <laughs> everyone can. I mean, seriously, if there's any babysitter, uh, no, right here, right here. Just there, like, just please, <laughs> don't worry. Come, squeeze him, do whatever you need to. <laughs> Okay, I'll just book him for those two days of the conference. That's so the rest of you, hands off. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. So you know it's a boy and it's your first child. Yeah. So, okay. So what kind of parent are you going to be? Because I, we're all experts before, <laughs> before we actually have the kids. Hmm, who knows? No, actually, I know that anything I'm thinking now is not going to be what is going to happen probably I guess more or less the only thing that I got talking with other people that had children uh I'm a bit scared to be completely honest because I really like the life my husband and I have built for us we we love the way we live we we love where we live and uh we are totally aware that uh, welcoming another one with us is gonna alter some change, some things. Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so uh, we really don't know how it's going to be. But what we hope is that since we love the life we have, he's gonna love it as well. So, uh, for example, next year uh, we are lucky enough to. Um, to have uh, Ricardo having a uh, three months parental leave. Okay. So he's going to travel with me and the baby so I can actually work from June to August without being too stressed out, especially because, as I said, I'm, I'm always abroad for, for all the works, basically. So um, it wouldn't be that easy for me uh, 
leaving on the Fridays and coming back on the Sundays when 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 it's a like a short one. Yeah. Uh, with uh, a baby that small, so we he is gonna just give up on his job for three months and come with me. Oh, and, that sounds so nice. Yeah, it's gonna be a bit of an adventure because every some some people when we talk about that they they kind of freak freak out and say, "Oh, now you're totally crazy!" Like, how in the, in, uh, are you gonna travel all that time with the tiny baby and everything? But I don't know. Like, uh, well, first, it work. Oh, I mean, yeah, first of all, you need to work to to pay bills, right? So there, there's not much of a choice and secondly uh, I feel like babies that small probably just want to have their parents happy and close to them so mm-hmm. if we are both close to him and happy to travel he's gonna be fine as well I don't know yeah <laughs> just plus, I mean here. it's a great time for uh, Ricardo to connect with the baby too because otherwise Sometimes it takes a while, I think, for them to have that kind of connection where you're just like the one to go to when they're really, if they're sad or tired or hungry. Yeah, so I don't know. Let's hope it will work out. Well, we'll see. We'll see in Rome. So bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, it's, I mean, obviously, nobody knows what it's going to be like, but you, it's, kind of fun to imagine I mean the life and I I'm pretty sure if you love your life now yeah of course it's going to change I mean drastically but I think you probably haven't met anyone who says they may say okay I miss these things about my old life the freedom the but they probably wouldn't take it back I mean like not have the baby <laughs> most people are pretty, yeah. pretty well it's a um, I think it's a prior priority thing in the end like if you if you know it's an experience you want to have in your life uh, you just I don't know if you can you make it happen and then you solve all the issues uh, day by day or whatever comes first because isn't is there's never gonna be like the perfect time or the perfect situation or even when you get that the life changes everything because the i don't know some huge surprise good or bad just comes in so i don't know i don't feel like you we should wait for the right situation or the right everything to happen in order to make this i mean life life choices this big because eventually is not really up to us what is going to happen so that's true no it's very true and I think like you said it's it's one of those things where if you wait too long then you're so set in your ways too I mean which is fine you can be that and it can change your world upside down so there's no right or wrong but but um yeah yeah, we'll see. If we have if we have the same conversation in one year, maybe I can tell you more about that and say, "Oh gosh, no!" But you're like, "Oh, it's gonna be fine." No, but I yeah. I know people who have made it work. <laughs> okay, also, yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, and I know that the thing that they have said is that it works and it was good. Um, I maybe wish I would have been nicer to myself also to just let 
myself relax more kind of in between. So it, yeah. it is intense and, and, you know, your body will probably do crazy things when you hear your baby cry or you have a feeling that your baby is not well, you know, whatever. So that's exhausting, but you can't really measure it. So yeah. maybe plan for more downtime in between. Yeah, he makes himself uh, quite clear already. So yeah. <laughs> I, I basically ignored him until the last wedding of the season. Like I was going everywhere and doing everything. And now is kind of sending some messages like, Mom, just slow down. Chill out. <laughs> so, and, and I'm taking the suggestion this time because I, well, besides I'm really big and everything. So okay it's easier to take it just uh, yeah i'm taking it easier now so you are are you like done with weddings for this year or do you have lots of work to do still and i still i'm still delivering a few stuff but i'm not shooting until uh well may or june i will say okay next year so yeah i'm taking some time off i, I, I have some uh speaking appointments in the next few months maybe but uh, I, I will be stuck in UK anyway from January to the due date so yeah I won't be able to move anyway and we are on an island so, <laughs> so <laughs> no choice. It's, it's over <laughs> for a while there's always the Eurostar what uh, what's the due date uh, sec- 2nd of March but everyone says it's gonna be late because it's the first one and this thing so don't listen to that. It could yeah. <laughs> be, it could very well be two weeks before. You just well, gotta be ready. Yeah. Yeah, we will find out you're wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Do you have names picked out? You don't have to say what they are. Yeah, yeah. No, we picked the name, which is uh, Teodoro. Teodoro. Yeah, it's, it's an Italian name. Not everyone is uh, super enthusiastic about that, but um, my husband and I are really. I don't know. We like it. It makes us laugh a bit, and so <laughs> we got attached to it. It makes you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, so it's, funny. Uh, yeah. So every time we call him, we laugh. It's good. <laughs> Teodoro, it's so cute. (laughs) So I, uh, when I, uh, I actually lived in Italy for about a year and I had an Italian boyfriend and I remember his Italian mother was kind of the epitome, I think, of Italian mothers, like really what you would, what people hear. Now, my question is, living in kind of UK and being there for three years or whatever, what kinds of things do you realize about yourself that are super Italian and what things do you think are, are not? Oh, oh, this is a good one. So, well, I'm very Italian in the way we cherish our family traditions, which is very different from, uh, the English way of doing the same. Like I feel like English people have a lot of heritage in terms of their country, and they really care about their uh, their traditions in that field. But they are much more flexible on family uh, tradition and ways to get together, while 
um, Italian families, especially my one, it's they are very traditional. So, uh, I mean, the Christmas menu has been the same since ever. And you can't just change one of the dishes because someone is going to be mad like seriously <laughs> like crazy that. yeah no no there's no way like uh <laughs> seriously uh, my husband and I turned kind of vegetarian uh one year and something ago but the Christmas lunch is something we just can't deal with like we we know that day we, we are not gonna have a vegetarian dish because they're I don't know, my grandma is going to die probably or something <laughs> like, I mean, something terrible is going to happen. So this way, I would say I'm still quite Italian because I really cherish family traditions. Um, uh, I miss when I don't get to be back home for some kind of um, yearly uh, celebrations sometimes happen. Uh, on the other and I'm I really get along with English people for other things like they are very discreet in, uh, how can I say in dealing with relationship mm -hmm. especially on the work space and so which is something that in Italy doesn't happen <laughs> so you mean discreet like um... uh, they are more detached in a way and I feel I always felt like being having a certain amount of detachment on the workspace is something very healthy mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I kind of appreciate that in the English people and Italian really don't have this thing like absolutely not and I'm probably more English on that point of view So, like, what's an example of an Italian person <clears throat> not being detached? Uh, well, they, they get mad <laughs> quite a lot in the workspace. And they uh, there's a kind of energy that takes over in the, in the Italian offices uh, that usually here in the UK is more calm and managed. Okay. And uh, that this, this is something or... Like in Italy, you really get to be friends with your colleagues most of the time in the office because, uh, I don't know, the first thing they, they invite you over for dinner and then you get to know uh, their families and everything. And in like one month, they are, I wouldn't say best friends, but almost like, you know, everything about them. And here just doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. So unless it's like really special connection, but it doesn't really happen. And on, on one hand it's bad because of course it's uh, harder to create meaningful connection to people with people. But on the other hand, it's also healthy when you need to uh, switch mm -hmm. off. Yeah. You don't of become as like kind of intertwined with exactly. every aspect of work. Yeah. I can imagine. It also allows you to be more chilled with clients and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I'm probably more English about. That's nice. Do you think you'll move back to Italy at some point? Hmm, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I'd no like promises. To, uh, yeah, no promises. Uh, I'd like 
to stay here for a while or at least uh i mean if this baby gets to be english mother tongue i think it's a very precious gift for him in this world so i'd love for him to stay at least as long as necessary to to be fluent in english uh so maybe meanwhile, meanwhile we'll get better as well this <laughs> uh, is very good though i was thinking i mean uh Compared to what I was faced with when I was living, I mean, that was a while back, but I mean, your your English is very good. I'm doing my best, but I'm very, very picky with languages, so I don't feel like I I, I get to express myself the way I, I'd love to still, so three, I'm still trying to improve. And I'd love for I love my child to be uh, Italian and English mother tongue, so I guess few years still yeah at least. um i'm i'm not sure i will be moving back to italy straight after this maybe we'll move somewhere else again it it depends more on my husband's job to be honest because he um he's a mechanical engineer and here is perfect for him okay. and i can do my job more or less wherever so but he's italian yeah, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Italian as well. And how did you meet? Ah, uh, this is a sh- shameful story. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect material. <laughs> we met on a disco night. Okay. And uh, we have a misunderstanding, basically, because. Uh, I was a bit drunk, so I told you this is really shameful. I should. Uh, I was really drunk, and I needed to go to the loo, and so I uh, asked him if he could please uh, have my wallet while while I was going to the toilet. <laughs> and he oh. thought, "Oh God, oh God, this is a girl for sure. She's so into me." And uh, <laughs> I, I, I really didn't mean that. At at the time you were just like I didn't even have, uh, yeah, I had uh, beer like, goggles on <laughs> yeah. so when I came back he just kissed me and I thought what why is you're like who is this guy <laughs> but eventually I thought well yeah I like this no like no romantic approach at all like <laughs> yeah, let's go straight to the point and yeah somehow uh Three years later, we were engaged. <laughs> so it's a kind of a misunderstanding <laughs> that worked out eventually. Did you even recognize him as the guy who was holding your wallet? Just yeah, to gauge yeah, kind no, of how you're... Okay. So he was a friend of a friend, so I, I oh, didn't, oh, okay. like, left my wallet with the, the first guy. But okay, I thought it was... <laughs> trust me, I wasn't, like planning on the development i didn't thought that would have been taken as a signal to go <laughs> typical <laughs> guy to just be like oh she's so into me I yeah mean, like what <laughs> for sure of course like she asked me to hold something Your <laughs> message to me like <laughs> still, we talk about that we he, he says well you know we got married so eventually i was right right <laughs> I remember, yes but but yeah, like, mm. we we could discuss you know. attention <laughs> at the very beginning, but yeah, so so typical. Girls are like, oh, I don't know if he's into me. Da, da, da. Guys are like, she's she wants me. 
She wants yeah, to do that. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> That's confidence for you. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out. So yeah. thanks to that moment. And that yeah, kiss. I love confidence in people. That I find it really sexy. So yeah. Hard. That's good. I like that too. I like, and that's kind of, for me, it's kind of an Italian quality, actually. Speaking of that stuff, a lot of like a kind of, um, you know, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good. I think so. Plus, I mean, if you, if you want something, uh, you, you really have to put yourself out there and get it right. Like, I mean, not too much because yeah, there are, there are things that you shouldn't do, of course. Yeah. But um, in a general point of view, if you don't have the courage to to expose yourself for something you care about, maybe you don't care about it strong enough. So, yeah. I mean, on my point of view, so I, I, I kind of appreciate when people take <laughs> courage into their hands and just go with it. Yeah. yeah. No, I do too. I love that. I think uh, that's kind of... <clears throat> Swedes are not great at that, actually. Getting better, but that's a big cultural difference, I think. Well, we can we can manage to have a Swedish-Italian kind of uh, <laughs> side class in Rome for, for this. I'm sure there are plenty of Italians that would love to... Uh, how can I say... Uh, evangelize. <laughs> evangelize. <laughs> and so I have a funny story about that. Uh, we had some some friends of my uh, my best friend were here in Stockholm. A, a, a group of Italian women that were here for a few days, and so she had asked me. This is right when I had gotten back from living in Italy, so my Italian was pretty fresh. But we had spent like um, a day together, and basically they didn't speak very much English. So I had been speaking Italian and I was kind of helping them guide around Stockholm and stuff. And in the evening, they were asking me like, um, so have you ever been to Italy? And and my friend was like, aren't you thinking about the fact that she's speaking Italian to you? Like, yeah. And they were like, it was like they just kind of assume that everyone speaks Italian or I mean like they didn't even they were kind of like oh yeah I guess I guess you're right (laughs) and we've been laughing about that because it's kind of like this um and I don't mean to offend anyone now at all but like kind of this idea that like yeah well certo like why of course doesn't everyone kind of you know well i don't think it's like they they expect you to speak italian it's more that we are uh always trying to express ourselves with foreign people with this kind of esperanto made by gestures and italian and some words in english and some words in god knows which other languages and we make our ourselves kind of understandable in all the way, ways we have but we don't really label what we do as I don't know, oh, yeah I'm speaking in English or I'm speaking in Italian we just go with it yeah yeah maybe that's we, what it is yeah we just try to deliver the message we don't really care about you're not thinking like oh that person is speaking I mean like hmm, analyzing the situation you're just no, like in the me. moment <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, as long as it works it's fine yeah and then you just yeah that that totally explains it because it was just like such a weird thing to us that like why would you 
why would you ask that if someone's speaking to you in that language? I mean, like, just such a weird... We are not really a kind of a... I mean, if there's something we really lack uh, is probably self-esteem as a country most of the times. So we are not the kind of uh, country that goes out and says, oh, I expect you to speak Italian at all. No, we just, no, no. <clears throat> no, and just, I didn't mean it like that. Like no, 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 no but I mean, it's yeah. not, it's, we really don't expect people to speak our language. And plus, uh, I mean, we speak the same language since, I think, 1950s, something like that, when, when the television came into the houses before. And, and still, like my grandmother can't speak with my husband grandmother they can't understand each other there's no because they come from two different regions and they speak dialects and there's no way they can communicate <laughs> like so we we don't really expect people to understand us or to speak italian we just uh we just don't really <laughs> how can i say we just really don't care probably we just go and try to make our ourselves understandable in some ways yeah do you do you think you're going to be like a typical italian mother like i was kind of touching on earlier do you think you're going to be gosh i hope not (laughs) (laughs) at least in the in the way people usually think about italian mothers but i know there's a risk like a genetic (laughs) risk about that so i hope i will have the strength to uh to be faithful to what I think now and leave him uh, as free as possible. And so uh, it is more a challenge with myself than with him at the moment, I think. So because at, at the moment I'm fine. I feel like I'm still kind of, I'm, I get my act together more or less. <laughs> But I don't know, because everyone says when you actually have the baby, there's something in your body, in your chemical situation that kind of makes you feel different and you get crazy about this baby and everything and you just want to hold him for like the rest of his life. (laughs) And uh, uh, so I don't know, I hope I will just (laughs) myself together and around a reasonable age he'll be I mean free to go and do whatever I I was really independent since very young age and I remember I was so keen to travel and do things myself and I, I desired that so much that probably this memory is gonna help me through that yeah I asked my friends to to be very honest with me and slap me in my face if I get to be like too because in your opinion the Italian mother the bad part is that they don't let their children be free or like move away or kind of do those things or what what? yeah well we tend to be very as Italian very very conservative in some ways like of this the situation, the family situation, mm-hmm. and yeah, usually parents want. I mean, they are very supportive for their children to children, and please note the air quotes here to stay mm-hmm. home. 
Yes. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you mean they, not... they can be adult and still be living at home? Yeah. I mean, that's quite normal. Yeah. Children still be home. And sometimes they are not like concretely pushing them away, which I, I on, on some sides, I understand because the uh, situation in Italy is not always as easy as uh, foreign people. Yeah. Picture. So it's, uh, it's not easy to find jobs and. I mean, I, I get it's hard and it's more convenient to stay together under the same roof most of the time. But uh, on the other hand, I really think that sometimes uh, some sacrifices are worthy and in order to, to grow up. And yeah, I mean, money is not what's most important here. And you can waste some money if you gain some independence and <clears throat> definitely you mean to like have your own place and do your own adventures that kind of stuff yeah maybe you can share a room with other two people it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be comfortable most of the time yeah uh, i think it's useful for you to yes. to get a more uh what can i say fulfilled as well or complete person so so probably this is what I remember my my Italian boyfriend his um uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this um <laughs> his he was living at home and I moved to Italy so we were both adults but he was like still kind of living at home and he had this thing where <laughs> This is oh, funny to me, but maybe completely normal. And I hope I'm not making like fun of. But the, his mother would um, put out, like obviously, make his bed and and put out his pajamas folded kind of nicely on the bed. But but it was like ironed every day and folded nicely. And then when it was summer, she put out the summer pajamas. And when it turned cold, then it was time for the like winter pajamas. And then that like whole you know, ironing the underwear. And I mean, like, there were so many things that I remember. I was, I was just like, oh, my God, if we stay together, is is this something that he expects? <laughs> I mean, he was he was very modern, actually. So not he was not like, he just kind of, like, she enjoys it. Let her do it. But, um, no, but still, I don't were... think it's something they, they expect, not all of them, at least. But... Mm, well I don't know I think it really depends from person to person actually on this point of view and plus you know here in UK we don't have seasons really so we won't change pajamas from (laughs) one season to another so I don't have this problem you're not going to iron the little baby pajamas every day no 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 (laughs) which seasons I mean it's always more or less the same so it's easier that's so funny. Oh, well, I love the name Teodoro, too, actually. And now it also makes me laugh. Oh, <laughs> so, that's very good. <laughs> it's actually a common name here, too, in Sweden. Not Teodoro, but, uh, well, Teodor. Yeah. It's the similar one. Um, so I know it well. Um, I wanted to ask you, since, um, I mean, you're the only Italian actually presenting at the Rome yeah. way up north, right? Yeah. What kinds of things, I mean, if we're going to, for all those people listening that are going to come to Rome, what what kinds of things would you say 
um, like tips for just being in Italy? Is there something like, I mean, most tourists will like order cappuccino after they eat lunch, for example. That's a big no-no. No, yeah, no, you don't do that. That's like a rookie <laughs> mistake. No, yeah. For the digestion. <laughs> well, uh, talking about food, um, first of all, you have to accept to eat a lot because as Italians, we kind of tend to express our love through food. So if <laughs> someone appreciates you, he's going to feed you. Or she's going to feed you until you die, basically. So just accept it and go accept with it. Accept it and die it later. Yeah. <laughs> and plus we have very, very different um, uses okay. about timing and food. Like we in Italy, we eat everything very late and we take our time to eat. So like the lunch break is not something that can be... Uh, 30 minutes <laughs> right. like in Sweden it's kind of like okay hurry back here that won't happen there no, no. no. <clears throat> okay just no <laughs> and so take your time <laughs> and food wise well there there's not much I can say I mean it's really easy to to eat very well in Italy so just oh. uh, it is just easy one on other on other point of views I would say yeah, probably try to speak with some local uh, people or or even to me, actually, if someone wants to email me or uh, there are a lot, a lot of things to see and visit in Italy, especially in Rome that are not so mainstream as like the Fontana di Trevi, for example, which is awesome. You have to see it. But uh, if you really want to have an Italian experience and you need to to find the way to chill out in Italian cities and sometimes not having a huge amount of tourists around you oh, yeah. so <clears throat> if you get to uh, to discover some less known spots that are equally beautiful just go there instead of just going too mainstream because there you get take your time take your time for a coffee wherever and invest something more for the coffee but be sure you get the right spot to sit down and see people passing by and just enjoy la dolce vita exactly (laughs) just chill so why speaking of coffee there i mentioned the the cappuccino thing i know that the non-italians will come to rome and they'll order lunch and then they will order a cappuccino afterwards but still yeah i know tell me why don't you do that and what's the coffee rules because i mean i worked as a barista when i was in italy so i know them but i'm curious to hear from you what why well, why don't you take a cappuccino after lunch? Well, cappuccino is something you take as a breakfast or <laughs> maybe in the afternoon. But is there's milk in it, so you don't really drink milk with anything else you eat. So it, it's like it doesn't make sense. Like it, it's just the well, maybe somewhere else you eat you drink milk while you eat pasta, for example, but. In our in our mind, you drink wine or water 
Right. And that's it. And plus, when you take your coffee, sometimes you want it corretto, which means there's some alcohol inside, typically, I don't know, grappa or um, sambuca or whatever else. So you can really put sambuca or grappa into the milk because... Oh, yeah. Oh. So you put it into the coffee or even better, when you had your coffee, after there are this, there's this tiny little bit of coffee that remains into the into the um, oh god what's the name <laughs> the the tiny thing you used to the drink cup yeah the, the cup the, the mm. cup and then you put a tiny bit of grappa or whatever and in my region that's called resentin for example but it's not what it's called in rome so so that's actually using the little like kind of coffee grains that are left over to mix with the yeah. The, ah, that's new. And I that's what you that. do after lunch, for example, or yeah. after dinner. <laughs> but yeah, you get after your mm-hmm. lunch, you get an espresso. Tea Definitely, tea. yeah. Not a cappuccino. And if you stop at the bar, I mean coffee bar, in the afternoon for like a, I mean we have also a coffee culture here that you probably noticed in Sweden. But then you would not get a cappuccino; you would get like also an espresso. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can have more or less whatever you want in the afternoon. It's fine. I mean, as long as you don't mix milk with seafoods, for example, Ooh. it's fine for us. Well, <laughs> they do that. Like, because typically, uh, especially I have to say German people do that. They come to Italy and they order like, I don't know, spaghetti allo scoglio, which is a pasta with uh, seafoods. And then a cappuccino as a side, which makes us like crazy because there's <laughs> no how like even if you think about that like i mean seafood comes from sea and meat comes from cows they don't match like they're different words so yeah. oh see i love this about the italian culture i absolutely love these rules that are so i mean that it's just that for you is like how could one even I mean, where do you even come up with the idea to do yeah, this? Exactly. And just that feeling like, what the, <laughs> you know? Like, you don't mix cows with Fish. shells. It's as simple, as simple as that. Oh my God, that's hilarious to me. And also don't make the mistake of just ordering a latte because my mother did that when she came to visit and she received... Latte, yeah, and just, just, just yeah. milk. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't really have latte in Italy. It's something someone invented abroad, I yeah, think, and an they Italian put name. an Italian name on it, but we don't have it. <laughs> don't have latte. Well, it's going to be great. And I think, um, I yeah, I would love some tips if you have some Rome tips. So I'll, I'll um, be in touch very soon to see. Of course. For of some course. ideas, but um, you might be male bombed now by email no, that's fine I'm, I'm gonna have a lot of free times in the next couple of months yeah there may, there may be one week or so in which i won't be able to reply but well understandably so yes i think it's great that you're i mean great courageous whatever to to come with a little baby and like very just cool of you yeah, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be with his dad and and me. Yeah, and you. <laughs> so, you already promised. No, so wait. So. Yeah, and 
Plus, you know, if everything gets really bad on the on the scene and everything, I can just uh, take the baby and say, "Oh, look, guys! By the way, <laughs> I have a cute tiny baby that can cover for whatever him. I said so far." Just use him for your own <laughs> benefit. Exactly. I mean, babies are cute, right? So I could even bring my cats, so I have double cuteness and make them play together. A travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea, Anna. <laughs> it's a backup anyway. <laughs> it's a backup. So the next few months for you are winding down, spending Christmas in Italy then, eating um, um, lots of meat. And if, yeah, like... <laughs> there's gonna be no tomorrow yeah that's another thing I remember I was actually vegetarian when I lived in Italy and I would go to a restaurant and like I mean that was so weird of me to be then but or there because they would be like okay they they like didn't know what that meant so you'd go to a restaurant or a small village or whatever and you're like okay um she doesn't eat meat okay um so you want chicken uh, no 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 meat like yeah, whatever exactly. and then they'd come out with something that it had meat in it and they were like yeah but it's like almost no meat I mean like it's yeah, very it's much like ham, it's so half it's meat really yeah it's ham <laughs> so you're no, just yeah, like, they, they just look at you like what's wrong with you what's like, wrong with you and also but if it's like mostly vegetables what's the problem <laughs> just like, they, they, they just don't get it I love but, it oh I miss Italians so much so I'm looking well, forward to. You're going to be back in Italy very soon. So Back in the thick of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I mean, in every way. This next, just to wind down, to relax, prepare for the baby, for the delivery. Yeah. I mean, uh, big stuff ahead for you. I'll try to keep my um, uh, shopping, uh, nesting uh, <laughs> issue <laughs> <laughs> well why and it's what's, what what what's most fun on, in online shopping right now what do you look at when you're uh, well i'm trying to, to be completely honest i'm really trying to keep everything uh zen and clean at home so even though i'm definitely not a minimalistic i have no minimalistic approach to the house so mm. uh, there's uh but yeah, uh, I think I'm mostly shopping and looking for uh, baby clothes. Or yeah, I think it's pretty like it's not really groundbreaking considering. But so fun, yeah, yeah, it really is. Oh, uh, we have an exciting time ahead. I can't yeah. wait to see this little Teodoro. <laughs> yeah. Theodore. I'm sure he's he's really keen to see everyone as well. <laughs> Hopefully not too keen. Like that's <laughs> the right amount of right here, right here. <laughs> oh great. Seriously, good luck with everything. I'm so happy to have talked with you. This was fun. I already liked you actually before we even started talking, which I didn't want to say to jinx it, but I I was like like too relaxed almost because I was like and that's, I, I was having some technical difficulty before us uh, coming on here but I was like we're already kind of friends on my ass <laughs> it's really nice to hear thank you very much so anyways hopefully I'll get to see you in person then in, in April of course can't wait okay thank you so much thank you have a lovely day 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Okay, bye. Bye. 